It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. As it always is every time, it's a pleasure to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about e-commerce marketing, anything else e-commerce, quite frankly, in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you will find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And I want to introduce you to today's special guest because today we are getting deep into the world of Pinterest with leading expert Catherine Morehouse. Back in 2015, Catherine founded children's clothing brand Zoe and Logan. And whilst marketing and growing the business, her love affair with Pinterest began. And in mid-2016, she switched from e-commerce business owner to follow her desire to help other entrepreneurs grow their businesses with Pinterest. Hello, Catherine. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Chloe. It's great to have you here. Pinterest is something we just do not talk about enough on the podcast. And I know lots of our listeners are keen to understand more about it. But um, before we get too far into, or before we even get at all into the world of Pinterest, do you just want to let everybody know how you got involved in e-commerce in the first place? Definitely. So I actually started as an au pair for a couple of children a while back after my studies at university. You know, there was no idea what to do after university, running around with different jobs and unsure of where I wanted to go. So I went straight into au pairing, thought, let me think about this for a while. And as I was working with the kids, I started to see a gap in the clothing that they had because I enjoy doing crafts. I enjoy doing a lot of physical activities outside that required clothing that wasn't really, you know, the dress clothing or anything like that. So um, I pulled together a sewing machine and my husband's aunt taught me to sew. And it kind of grew from there. I just started making aprons and little things like that that they could use. And I didn't have the intention to start an e-commerce brand or anything like that. It really started out of the necessity of needing just something put together that they could play with or play in and use that could get ruined or could get you know played with without any issues. And as I started working with the fabrics, working with um, you know just this clothing for the kids, I started falling in love with that. I loved the idea of um, all the ranges that I could create and the fact that I could actually do it. It wasn't something I had done before. I'd never sewn before, but it was something that my family had done. And so I knew it was a skill that I could develop. And once I created one little outfit and then the second little outfit, it kind of snowballed from there where you know, you just have this pride in this item that you've created. You feel like I actually created something that someone is using and <laughs> loving. And it's that doesn't happen every day. You know, we always know the traditional routes into different jobs that we can do. And I'd studied business and marketing. So for me, I thought it was investment management, investment broker or marketing or something like that. And being able to create something with my hands, it just, you know, it kind of just blew me away. And so I, that's really how it all began. Um, and then slowly the ideas started coming together until eventually Zoe and Logan was born. Very cool. Um, tell us a little bit about Zoe and Logan before we get into Pinterest. 
Yes. So Zoe and Logan is a kids and clothing, uh, kids and baby clothing brand. And I started with little beanies, little blankets, because those were the easier ones that I could create in the beginning. Um, and I was testing them. A lot of my friends were having babies at the time. So it was really easy to start with the baby range, um, you know, sort of have testers and people who could try out the clothing and things like that. And so it developed into bandana bibs and a variety of other items. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So Zoe and Logan, the names came from what my husband and I wanted to call our kids. We just love the names. <laughs> and so, it, I don't know, it just stuck with me. And that's really where Zoe and Logan came from. Um, and then the brand developed that way. And it was really targeted towards kids that love playing outside, kids that um, love getting dirty, being adventurous. And I just wanted to create something, a place um, where they could get not only the clothing, but also some fun activity packs and things like that. That was really my goal with Zoe and Logan so that they could play outside, they could paint, they could do a whole bunch of stuff and their clothing was made to endure the, that kind of play and, and uh, sort of spark that imagination as well. And so I started with the baby range and I actually fell in love with Pinterest before I got to the older kids range. <laughs> so, <laughs> because cause it sounds like, you know, I can hear there's a lot of passion in you coming through for Zoe and yeah. Logan, but, but you, you, you then found even more passion for Pinterest and, and off you went. I know. It's, and you don't always think that that's going to happen. And, and it, I think that's the beauty of it sometimes. When you stumble into a business, when you stumble into something because of the enjoyment you have in it, not because you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I think for both of them, both Zoe and Logan and my Pinterest business, it's just been exactly the same thing. I've tested out things. I've been involved in it before it became a business and I loved it and I had a passion for it. And it is interesting because I still love Zoe and Logan. Like to me, it's, it's so hard to think that that isn't going to be, you know, the only and biggest dream in my life because that at the time was, and then I saw Pinterest and I just loved it. <laughs> it's like my marketing background and everything came in and and it was so fulfilling. So I guess um, you can have more than one passion. <laughs> oh, so true. Life would be boring if we only had one passion, I think. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get into Pinterest then. Could you quickly, for if there's anyone out there who is scared of Pinterest or hasn't heard of Pinterest, do you want to let them know a little bit about just what it actually is? Yes, definitely. Pinterest is a visual search engine and that's often very different to what we originally thought it was. So when it was created, it was like a pin board that you had in your office where you used to pin ideas, recipes, your ideal lifestyle, anything like that. You know, you pull out magazine clippings and you pin it to the pin board. And that's where Pinterest came from. That was their idea. They wanted to take that and make it virtual. So you could take ideas from the entire, you know, internet, the whole, like everywhere and pin it to one place. So you could have a place where you could come and see what you wanted. You could gather all your recipes, you could gather your ideas and everything. And it just evolved into so much more than what they expected. And now it's actually a business platform as well, not just a recipes and DIY platform. So if everybody's thinking it's only for those businesses, it's not. You'll have branding designers on there. You've got Pinterest strategists like myself. You've got lawyers, um, dentists, a variety of industries that actually market their businesses on Pinterest. Because as I mentioned, it's a visual search engine. So the entire Pinterest backend is like Google. So if you think of it like Google, 
It's got the search engine functionality of Google, where if someone goes into Pinterest and they search for something, whether it's an idea, a recipe, or something to solve their problem, Pinterest is going to use that search and find any pins across Pinterest that have those keywords in it to show it up in the search results, just like Google does. But it has the visual aspect of Instagram. So, so it, it's really would it be both. right to say that you're so the the results are very visual, but the the actual method of searching still relies on words. Definitely. So it's a exactly why I use the two words: the visual search engine. You're mm-hmm. going to get the visual results, um, but a lot of that comes down to, like you said, the keywords and the words that you use to attach to your pin, just like you would whether it's your product or a blog post or anything like that. If you put it onto Pinterest someone will find that product because you actually put the keyword baby beanie in the pin description. And if they are looking for baby beanies, they will search that and it would show up in their results. And there's a lot of, it can, it can go quite in depth into how Pinterest places pins in the search results. And there's more than just those keywords, you know, in those one, like in that one place, but that, that is really how it works. So I would say Google and Instagram had a baby and that's Pinterest. <laughs> I love that. Google and Instagram had a place. baby. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we go into kind of the mechanics of how to make it work for you, are there any businesses it just doesn't work for? Because you mentioned dentists there. That wouldn't have occurred to me. But is there is there anyone it's kind of like an absolute no-brainer for or anyone who just should, should not touch it with a barge pole? So there are a couple of businesses that Pinterest won't allow on, on Pinterest, but a lot of that comes down to the type of content that you share. So if it's anything that is bad, and by bad, I mean, it's got nudity, it's got things like that, in, not in the positive sense, but in the negative sense. So if you've got a business that is related to something that they find illegal or mm-hmm. wrong, yep. <laughs> they won't let that obviously be on Pinterest. But for everything else, you can put your pins up on Pinterest. In terms of an audience, you've got a very large female base. You do have a lot more men coming onto Pinterest now though. So if you think of it this way, there's about 60% women and there's about 40% male. When I look at the statistics in any given client's portfolio, like analytics, mm-hmm. it's about 60-40 in the male and female range. So when you you are going on to Pinterest, you need to identify if your ideal client is actually on there. So if you are targeting men, you do need to know that there's less men on there than women, but it doesn't mean that they aren't on there. So for dentists, for example, I know I mentioned that you can be on Pinterest and it is because a lot of people have questions relating to dental hygiene, everything related to dentistry, basically. And you can attract your ideal clients by sharing that information. So a lot of businesses are actually allowed on Pinterest. And really, there's very few that I'd say shouldn't go on Pinterest. One of the key reasons doesn't actually have to do with your industry. I'd say don't go on onto Pinterest yet if you don't have content on your website. If you only have a one landing page, for example, on your website, then it's going to be very hard for you to get a lot of traffic to your site because you want to create, if you've got products or you've got blog posts or anything like that, you want a base of products or blog posts that you can share on Pinterest because you need a a good level of content, at least 10 or more pins on Pinterest that lead to your website. Um, So that's that's really the... 
yeah. that's because um, just for those of the, those out there who, who aren't clear on this, like if you're if you're communicating on other social channels, you upload, you pick an image off your phone or whatever, and you put it up there if you want to go onto Twitter. But on or Twitter or Facebook, etc. But on Pinterest, you want to pin something that's from your website. So you want an image that's already in a blog post, already on a product page. Is that right? You want that definitely, but you can also actually natively upload a pin. So you can post one in Pinterest and link it to your blog post. So you can actually do both. The key though is that you want to have enough content on your website so that you can share multiple pins on Pinterest. So if you only have one page, even if you create five different pins going to that one page, you only really have five pins on Pinterest and you want to have more pins on Pinterest because the more repins, the more pins you have leading to your website, the higher your traffic will be. And the more likely it is that actually find your website, find your content. Um, so in terms of what businesses should and shouldn't be on Pinterest, it would really doesn't have to do with your industry because most industries are on Pinterest. It really comes down to the type of content you have and if you have any. So if you don't have any content, then you're going to struggle getting that kind of results um, versus, yeah. And on the, you you mentioned about you need to make sure that your customers are on there. Obviously, we know there's the 60% women, 40% men, but is is checking to see if anyone's interested in your content on Pinterest as simple as going to Pinterest and just doing a keyword search? And if there's other content on there about your topic, then the chances are it's a good place to be. Is it that simple? Definitely. That That's really what you want to do. You can go in there. You can also search for your topic, but you can also take a, a deeper look into your ideal clients and, and see what is it that in outside of your industry, for example, that they're interested in. Maybe they're searching for something related to their health that is outside of your industry. Search for that and see if they are actively on there. That means is there a lot of content on there relating to that topic? then that audience is actually on there. Maybe there aren't a lot of dentists or a lot of people in your industry utilizing Pinterest, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use it. So really try and dive in deeper than just your industry. So I do agree with you. Go in and search your topic. See if there's a lot of pins related to that topic. And even if there's just a handful, that clearly indicates that people are using Pinterest to search that. But an interesting thing also is, like I said, go beyond your industry. Go into your ideal client's background. What else are they interested in? What else attracts them? And find out if that is being actively searched for on Pinterest. And if it is, then you know that they are on Pinterest. So always go one level deeper just in case you haven't really scratched the surface um, deep enough. Okay, cool. So if we've, let's say we've, we know we've got content on our website. We know our customers are on Pinterest. We've got our account set up on Pinterest. What do we do now to get traffic and sales to our website? So the first step that you want to do is make sure that every single pin that leads to your website has the proper keywords in the pin description. So one of the important things is in order to get that traffic to your site, you need to make sure that your pin is actually going to show up in the search. So when I talk about the pin, it's obviously the pin image. And when you pin something to Pinterest, it will bring a description from your website potentially Um, or you've actually set the description. And what you need to make sure you've done is you've included keywords in that description where you want this pin to show up. So for example, you can actually go into Pinterest and type in the search bar something 
a, a basic topic that relates to what this pin is about. So if your pin is about baby beanies, we're going to just talk about a product here. But if you've got a product that is a baby beanie and you've pinned that beanie to your profile, you want to make sure that you actually get traffic to that pin and then to your website. And so you need to make sure that this pin will show up in the search result when any mom or mom-to-be on Pinterest actually searches for anything related to a baby beanie. So what I'll do is I'll go into Pinterest and I'll type in the search bar, baby beanie. Or I can even start with something as broad as beanies. And I will notice that when I click enter, there's a couple of blocks that appear underneath that search bar. And that is actually the highest searched keywords in relation to the word that you typed in. So if I typed in baby beanies and gender neutral comes up first in the first block, it means that most of the people on Pinterest are actively searching for the word gender neutral baby beanies. And that is something that is so important for you in your description because if that's the highest search term, you want to make sure that your beanie, if it is gender neutral, will actually show up underneath that keyword. And because you now know that people are actively using that key phrase, you can add that into your description for this beanie. And that way, you know that your pin will actually show up and there will be traffic to that pin and then therefore traffic to your site. Wow. So it's it's simply about getting the descriptions right in those images. And I want what I want to ask a kind of a key question on is you said um, Pinterest like the baby of Google and Instagram. Now on Google, we know we need to write uh, or for Google, we need to write proper sentences and paragraphs and all the rest of it. Whereas on Instagram, it's all about the hashtags. What format should those keywords be in on our pins on Pinterest? So there's a mix on Pinterest. Again, this is why I always like go between Google and Instagram where your actual description should be in sentence format, but it isn't a problem if one or two of your keywords are simply stated. Um, So what I try and say is you need to understand that your ideal clients is going to be looking at this pin description sometimes, and they're going to be wanting to find out more about your product before they even click through. And if you just have keywords there, they don't feel like you're actually explaining what this product is about. And so what you want to do is you want to use sentences. And another reason the sentences are important is because sometimes your ideal client actually types in a sentence into the Pinterest search bar. And that becomes a key phrase. So try and create a sentence type description with the keywords in it. You can separate some keywords by comma in a full sentence. So if you said something like, um, these gender neutral baby beanies are great for kids, toddlers, and teens. I've added in kids, toddlers, and teens as a keyword there. So it shows up when anyone types in kids, toddlers, or teens. Um, but it was separated by a comma, but it was in a full sentence. So you want to do that. And then Pinterest recently at the end of 2017 actually allowed us to add hashtags into the description and they made them searchable. But again, this isn't like Instagram where you're going to do 30 hashtags potentially. (laughs) Yeah, You want to keep it to about five or six maximum. Um, And again, these ones, when you Add your pin, you'll notice that if you type the hashtag and you start typing a word, you'll get some suggested hashtags and it will tell you how many pins there are that use that hashtag. So it tells you if it's actually a good hashtag or not. Um, Got yeah, so you add a couple of hashtags at the end and that's how you really want to craft your description. 
Now, presumably, um, once we've put that up on Pinterest, you know, our first post, our first pin, rather, there must be slightly more to the algorithm than just the keyword. So is there something else we can do with our profile or followers or, I don't know, loves or something that we can do that will increase our likelihood of appearing at the top of the search results? Definitely. So the second step, once you've done that, the second step is to actually be pinning and repinning your content. So that is a lot of what Pinterest will become for you once you've set up your profile so that it's search engine optimized. Once you've added this pin description and you've optimized the different areas on your profile, you know that you've worked on your optimization. So all that Google you know, optimization and everything, it's done on Pinterest. You are ready to go. Now the work that you have to do is just maintaining your consistency in pinning. And by this, I mean, you can pin the same pin multiple times to the same board over the next couple of years. So don't feel like if you add a pin to Pinterest, you can only add it once. You actually want to be repinning this pin. And so repinning means adding it to another board again um, multiple times over the next couple of years. And you can spread it out by a week or two, a month or two before you repin it onto the same board again. But ideally, this is the three-step process that I use when I pin, um, just so that I know I've covered my bases. I will start. Step one, I will pin other people's content to my boards first, so that I know that I've done that. And that is simply by going into the Pinterest search bar or into your home feed and searching for things that relate to your different boards you've created on Pinterest. And you're going to be searching, if we're talking about a baby clothing business here, you're going to maybe be searching maternity clothing. You're going to be searching baby clothing, kids clothing, a variety of boards like that that you have on Pinterest. Now you want to go and search for other people's content that you can pin to your boards. This is actually going to help attract your ideal clients to your profile. And it's going to help Pinterest know that it needs to place your content in different places on Pinterest related to those keywords. So in all the different areas. So what you want to do is you want to pin other people's content to your boards. And that is about 10 to 30 pins per day from other people. Um, And that you can do with a scheduler or you can do it manually. Then the second thing you want to do is you want to pin your content. So that means any pin that leads to your website. You want to pin those pins to your boards across Pinterest. And you want to do this monthly as well. So every single day, you've got to have some of your pins going out to your boards. And again, you can do that manually or you can schedule it. And so we're saying, step, sorry, sorry yeah. to buy in. Um, so you're saying with our own content, we should yeah. be repinning once a month, but we should be doing something every day. So yeah, sorry, yeah. let me just clear that up there. So you want to make sure that If you've got, for example, 30 pins that lead to your website, you want to make sure that you're rotating those monthly and getting them onto the boards often. So what you would do is daily, you have to pin daily. So daily, you do want to add a handful of your pins to your board. So what I'll do is I'll say, every day I'm going to add three pins. I always just go with three because you've got multiple boards, which means it's going to end up being 10 pins potentially or 20 pins actually in the end that you add to Pinterest. Um, But say, for example, I choose today, I'm going to pin other people's content. So I'll pin 10 pins from other people to my 10 boards. So one pin per board. Then I'm going to go and look at my 
content from my website. And I'm going to say, I'm going to pin three of those to any relevant boards on my Pinterest profile today. So I'm going to pin those three and I'll pin them multiple times to the different boards that are required. And I'm going to do that daily. And you just want to make sure, because remember, you are focused on your content as well. You want to make sure that in a month, you have added your pins from your website to there. That's why I said monthly. So what I Go meant on, yeah. by that was you want to make sure that you are every single month adding your content again to your boards, to your group boards, which I'm going to move on to next. Got it. Step three so, then. <laughs> yeah. Step three. Perfect. Step three is then pinning your pins. So your pins that lead to your website to any group boards that you're a part of. So a group board is a group is a board, sorry, with multiple collaborators, um, similar to a Facebook group, for example, except in a Pinterest group board, one person is the host, same as Facebook group, but you can all share your content and you also repin other people's content from that group board. So it's just a place where everybody can share their content and it relates to a specific topic. So you might know that a baby board, a baby group board would be specifically baby and kids clothing. And so anybody who becomes a collaborator can share their content that relates to baby and kids clothing. So it actually ends up being a board just related to that topic. But what this does is it gives you mass, massive exposure to um, new people because the host of the board their followers become the followers of that board. And so they get access to your content where before they may not have seen it. Um, so you are really expanding your exposure when you join different group boards hosted by different pinners. And so that's the third step is to make sure that you're adding your pins that lead to your website to these group boards that you're a part of daily as well. And I always go with three pins to your group boards per day because that's generally their rule. They're like three to five pins per day is your max. So I always just go with three and then it makes it easier to, um, to do. Awesome. Okay. I have one very quick question um, on the yes. back of all that, which is you said we could schedule our pins to Pinterest. Do you have a tool to recommend for that? Definitely. So I use Tailwind. Um, Tailwind is a scheduler for Instagram and Pinterest. And so what it does is it will it lets you schedule months and months in advance. And you can then follow that three-step pinning um, strategy that I just spoke about now. And it becomes a lot easier to manage have I sent all my pins out to all of my boards this month? You know, because yeah. it can get very overwhelming. If you oh, yeah. I imagine there's a lot of people thinking, what, so I have to do this on the weekend as well. It's like, no, you get a scheduler and then you do it. It does it on the weekends for you. Okay, cool. So I know exactly. that, that people will be going, how do I schedule? How do I schedule? Uh, whilst they're listening. Yeah. The, other, the other question is, this is clearly quite a lot of work to get Pinterest working. You've got to be there. You've got to be active. What's the, you know, what sort of results have you seen people people achieve by following this method? Well, the really interesting thing is Pinterest, the reason I ended up going into Pinterest purely was because it was one of the highest traffic referrers. Um, and it actually, although it's, it seems like a lot of work, once you schedule it and once you send out those pins, it returns such a high amount of traffic over the long term that it just kind of blew my mind in that I felt like I was constantly creating content for Instagram and Facebook and everything. And I was just pinning occasionally. Well, obviously, because I used to schedule it. So I'd sit down and pin for the month. And then I'd come back a month later and I got massive, massive results from it. So to give you an idea, um, for some people, they will get results like they reach 2 million people 
in a month. Wow. And then what happens in terms of click-throughs, they can get something like 5,000 or more click-throughs per month. And that was a service-based business. So they didn't have any products or anything like that. They just had some blog posts that led to great content and they got clients from that. They were getting 5,000 click-throughs in their first year on Pinterest um, towards the end of that first year. And so one of the interesting things also just to mention Mm -hmm. is that Pinterest really is a long-term marketing platform. What you want to do with it is you want to add content with the idea that you're going to be able to have it on there for a while because, for example, my baby beanies that I have for my business are still getting traffic three years later. It's still the highest traffic referral for my beanies (laughs) three years later and I haven't touched Pinterest for a year. And that's purely the search engine optimization and the fact that I was pinning so consistently. Well, so for those baby Um, beanies, you're no longer doing the, the, the three steps. Just, <laughs> no, exactly. It's just and, coming in. And exactly. After doing two years of doing that, I actually paused that. Now, obviously, the, the results have dropped dramatically because I haven't mm. been pinning. And consistent pinning is so important on Pinterest. And you get rewarded for consistent pinning in that your pins reach more people. And Pinterest sees you as a good mm-hmm. source of information versus a spammer, for example. Um, so you've got all these different things, but really it comes down to when you implement something like this, it could become your highest referrer of traffic. And with this long-term strategy approach, you are going to be pinning it, pinning it. It may take a, a month to three months for this to even gain a little bit of traction, but then you'll start seeing it snowball. And that is the most beautiful sight to me. It's always <laughs> like once you start seeing that, those kind of results and it just keeps on compounding. So for variety of business owners, it really just depends on their businesses. Some people have seen 20,000 click-throughs in a month and some people see seven. You know, it just depends on where you're at with your account. But but if you commit definitely, and yeah. you follow the process mm-hmm. for three months, you should be able to see, is it going to work for you? Which is a lot quicker than some other marketing methods, I have to say. Yeah. So what you're going to see after three months is you're going to start seeing organic traffic. You're not going to see the 5,000 click-throughs. That's after one year of doing that mm-hmm. potentially. Um, but or the, yeah, the 5,000. But if you keep doing this, you'll start seeing in six months, you're going to get 20 clicks a day to your different pins, for example. And then as you go, you're going to start seeing 50 and 100 and so on. And with this strategy, I ended up getting 5,000 click-throughs per month okay. in a year. Now, Catherine, I have um, one last question for you before we go into the top yes. tips round, which is there's an elephant in the room that we haven't mentioned, which is Pinterest <laughs> ads. Yes. Can you give me kind of a quick, are they worth it? Are they not? Or is it all about the organic strategy that we've been talking about so far? It's definitely worth it if you've implemented the organic strategy. And the reason is because now you know that you're getting organic traffic to this pin. So people have already validated the pin. Now on Pinterest, there's not a lot of people doing as many ads as, for example, Facebook ads. So you're getting a great exposure and they've also created the ads so that you wouldn't know it's an ad. It just looks like a normal pin. They want to create this environment where when your pin is scrolls, it just looks like normal Pinterest. They haven't made it any different. Um, and so they're very specific about that. And when you've already got organic traffic and then you promote it, you just expand your reach drastically. Um, and though it, it's definitely worth it once you've, once you've seen organic traffic, then I always suggest after those three months, if you see organic traffic, then you can start testing out your promoter pins. 
Excellent. I'm glad we left ads till the end and left them short in that case, because I think there's more than yeah. enough for everyone to be getting along with on the organic yes. front. Okay. <laughs> Top tips time. Um, I love Yay. this section because it gives me and our listeners <laughs> some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Catherine, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? It would have to be Profit First. It is such a good book. It's by Mike, and I'm not going to pronounce his surname, Michaelowix. <laughs> that's how I'd say it because I can see it right now sitting on my on my um, bookshelf, and it is an awesome book. It is for a first time business owner as well. It's just a, a whole new way of looking at it. He simplifies the maths of accounting, and he makes it really simple for you to understand how you can actually take profit in your business. And to me, that just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I am currently a I'm in in Q two of my profit first journey at the moment, and uh, oh, and I am loving it so far. I wish I'd found it like ten years ago. Hey, but there we go. Uh, traffic <laughs> top tip then: Which marketing method do you either prize above all others, or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I'm definitely going to say Pinterest marketing <laughs> because, surprise, 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 <laughs> surprise. Um, it's just one of those that is an organic traffic generation um, tool. And as I mentioned, long term, it's just it's a place where you don't have to put in all the effort on one day, expect thousands of click throughs, and then nothing. You know, it just hides in the feed. You're going to consistently work at it, and it's just going to keep compounding its results. And that, to me just gets me so excited okay then the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day that would be asana i really enjoy asana um it's the project management tool that i use at the moment um, and it just helped me manage my day and i actually did a course to help me figure out how to best use it. And I always suggest doing something like that when you want to use it properly. <laughs> and um, they also have some stunning videos just to help you get started with it. And it changed the way I managed my day. Um, so I love it. Yeah, I'm a, I am an Asana fan too. Um, okay, growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? My number one tip would definitely be to streamline your business. Um, I know that sounds really vague, but the idea is that in every business, we always have areas where we are wasting time, wasting money, doing things the long route instead of streamlining it and really focusing in on the core elements. So if you're struggling to get to reach the point of a thousand sales from a hundred sales, um, a lot of times what you're doing now isn't what you need to be doing to get to that point. Um, you actually need to change and push outside of your comfort zone. And a lot of times that comes down to actually streamlining your business. Figure out where you can get rid of unnecessary blockages, things that are taking more time from you and your team, and also things that are maybe stopping pe more people from buying your products. So once you streamline that, you actually get to see clearly where you're making the most profit. Once you focus in on that and you really hone in your marketing for that specific product, you'll see those orders increase because your the profit comes where you focus your time and energy. And if it's in too many places, you're just going to be floundering. 
more excellent advice. Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Catherine, before we say goodbye, for those who have just loved your approach and want your help, um, where can they find you and your services online? So I am at katherinemorehouse.com. That's where you'd be able to find me. And in terms of social media, I'll also be on Pinterest. And that would be at Pinterest forward slash Kat Morehouse. So K-A-T Morehouse. Excellent. And uh, do you have a, I believe you might have a little offer for our listeners. Yes, I do. So if you are interested in learning more about Pinterest and how you can use it to market your business, I do have a course teaching you everything that you need to know. And you are going to get $50 off that course using the code masterplan. And you'll find that at katherinemorehouse.com forward slash PFB. Awesome. Well, guys, there you go. There's how to go about doing Pinterest and also your next step of really getting into the the meat of it with that course there from Catherine. I will add links to that and the offer and everything else we talked about in the show in the show notes. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today. You have been unbelievably good and detailed at showing us what we need or showing us telling us what we need to do with Pinterest I feel like going and spending the rest of my day setting up my schedule pins and seeing what I can do with it so uh you certainly inspired me I'm sure you've inspired many of the listeners so thank you very very much thank you so much for having me on the show I really hope that um it did help a lot of people Well, I certainly understand an awful lot more about how to get Pinterest working than I did before. Uh, So that was a fantastic session there from Catherine. So just to recap those three, well, well, to recap, first of all, you want to start off with the organic side of Pinterest. Don't get involved with the ads until you've um, proved that your organic content is of interest to people. And then there's that three-step process she said, which is first off, you, well, you start off, you create your account and you create some boards that are relevant to your product category. Then you pin other people's content onto those boards, doing, uh, she said, 10 to 30 of those a day. Then step two is to pin your own content onto the board. So you want to repin each pin once every 30 days and pin a couple of things every day. And then the third part was to get involved with some group boards where multiple people pin and to pin regularly to those as well. And then to set the whole thing up via a scheduling scheduling tool like Tailwind to save your sanity, if nothing else. Um, We do like efficiency. We do like scheduling tools here at e-commerce masterplan. Let me know what you think about Pinterest. If you try this out, let us know how it goes. Um, if you have any other questions, please put them in the Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And as one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying this show, please do share it with your e-commerce friends on Twitter, on Facebook, over a coffee, over a pint. I don't mind what method you use, but it would be great to get more e-commerce business owners and marketers listening to the show because I know it benefits those of you who do listen hugely. Have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.